welcome to Critical Blues Reviews. I'm your host, Critical, and uh, what's the word, everyone? And before we begin, I want to apologize to everyone out there because this is my second time watching this film, uh, and I got more information this time, and I almost wrote a dissertation <laughs> on this film, so this might be a little long. And, um, you know, I apologize for that ahead of time. But, hey, if you love my stuff, hey, you, you're in for a treat because I got a lot to say. Um, but, yeah, but before we begin, uh, make me last by giving support for the podcast, giving listeners support for the podcast. And uh, much appreciate the folks out there that's listening. And uh, also tell a friend, you know, send it to your friend that's uh, driving Uber, you know, or your friend that's going to be in that traffic forever going from you know whatever city to another city you know what i mean so depending where you are you know um hopefully you enjoy my stuff and uh, i'm gonna keep giving you my opinion so today we're going to be going over and reviewing Just to kind of give you a log line about the story, it's a, a simple man by the name of Red Miller, and his girlfriend is a tag. Well, his girlfriend's name is Mandy Brown, M- Mandy Bloom. I'm sorry, his girlfriend is Mandy Bloom, and they're attacked by a Jesus freak cult, and his love interest gets kidnapped, which is Mandy, and Red goes on a revenge hunt to feed his vengeance, and uh, the director is uh, Panos uh, Cosmatos. Um, he wrote and directed Beyond the Black Rainbow. That looked that looked like it's going to be interesting. Interesting trailer. I, it looks looks like it's going to be real weird and with colors and stuff like that. But anyway, um, to get to it, uh, you have uh, the lead character uh, Red Miller, played by Nicolas Cage. Uh, definitely, re- I know you remember him from Face Off, The Rock, uh, National Treasure adaptation, uh, which was a good film. Uh, surprisingly a good film. Um, and also he's doing, uh, he's uh, actually doing a voiceover for Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse, uh, into the Spider-Verse. And, uh, he's playing Spider-Man, uh, Noir, Noir Spider-Man. So that, that should be interesting. I like, it's going to be a good movie. Um, you also have the character Mandy Brown played by Andrea Riseberg. Um, you've seen her in Birdman, Oblivion, and, uh, Black Mirror. Um, great, great uh, sci-fi series. Um, you also have Jeremiah Sand, played by Linus Roach. You've seen him in Batman Begins, Nonstop, and Chronicles of Riddick. You also have uh, the character Carruthers, played by Bill Duke. You definitely probably seen him in Predator. He was uh, using the razor on his his uh, shaven skin <laughs> till he till he broke it. You know. Uh, you also have seen him on Commando, X-Men Last Stand, and Get Rich or Die Trying. And uh, just to kind of give you an idea <laughs> what type of film we're getting into, just to let you know, I'm going to start it off because it has a quote. This, this starts off the whole film before you see anything. You know, the first thing, it gives you a quote. And the quote, the quote reads, When I die, bury me deep. Lay two speakers at my feet. Wrap some headphones around my head. And rock and roll me when I'm dead. Now, okay, cool. Like you're looking, listening to the quote. I'm like, all right, you know, all right. However, how you feel, how you feel. But let me tell you who was quoted by. 
It's quoted by a guy named Douglas Roberts. Now, Douglas Roberts uh, was convicted of kidnapping, robbery, and murder in Texas, and he was executed on April 20th on 2005 by lethal injection. And uh, so the story goes uh, with uh, Douglas Roberts. Uh, he stole a car from a woman at Knife Point in San, in San Antonio. And then later, out of fear of getting caught, he, uh, he dropped that car off and he abducted uh, Jerry Velez and his car at Knife Point as well. When ordered, he ordered uh, Jerry uh, Velez out of the car. Uh, Velez allegedly lunged at Roberts and Roberts repeatedly stab stabbed Velez and ran his body over before driving away. So uh, Roberts afterwards later turned himself in. So now this, now the movie starts off with this guy's quote before he got, you know, the lethal injection. So just to let you know where we going, it, it, this movie is dark. <laughs> yeah, straight up, this movie is dark. Um, and just, you know, before like, you know, like I mentioned, you had that quote, but also it starts off with like a little introductory sign or whatever, it's called the, um, starts off with the shadow mountains 1983 ad so i'm assuming this takes place in 83 but i don't know it, it, it doesn't feel that way it feels it actually feels like it's on a different planet i don't know why but it just feels that way i get like like they're basically a bunch of americans that happen to inhabit a different planet I, i'm just guessing this is not in the movie i'm not spoiling anything i'm just trying to make sense of it all because like i said it's a lot you know you can come up with your own theories my theory isn't going to be that theory. You'll probably try to debunk my theory. But, um, yeah, but that's what it starts off with. It starts off with the Shadow Mountains, 1983 AD. Um, and so, also, you have the setting. And now, the setting is it's interesting lighting. When I first saw the film, I saw the film twice. And the first time I saw the film, uh, the setting was just uncomfortable. The lighting was uncomfortable, excuse me. Um, but then I saw it again, it wasn't that bad. I got a chance to really understand, the, I guess, the lighting. Uh, not, not fully understand, but certain colors. Maybe just one color I, I got. But anyway, um, I want to say... I don't want to say it's beautiful, the lighting. Because it's definitely kind of... It kind of is uncomfortable. Um, but it's, it's attention-getting, I should say that. Like, it definitely gets your attention. Um... Like, you'll notice the colors really stand out in this film. A lot of red and blue shades. Um, when uh, Red Miller and his lady Mandy, uh, when, they when they're having their moment, the color turns to a hot pink. I am assuming for passion, I guess. So, um, and then, you know, also like the setting, like outside, it's a lot of trees. Because they're, they're uh, ducked off in the boonies. Um, so, like, it's actually... You know, nobody's not going to get to you in the time if you call the police. Like, you're kind of out there on your own. You know what I mean? So, um, and also, it feels like I mentioned, it does feel like they're on a different planet. Um, the colors, are, like I said, are interesting and can be uncomfortable. Don't really want to say beautiful. I don't know how to really, uh, you know, put that. But, um, but yeah, I wanted to start off with Red Miller. Um, we meet Red, you know, who's a lumberjack and is very into his lady. Um, he doesn't take his relationship for granted at all. Uh, even down to the clothes that he has worn when he first, you know, for, you know, that first date, no, actually when he first met her, um, he has a favorite shirt because that was the shirt. That was the day that he met Mandy. So like he, he takes his relationship very seriously. Um, 
he may have some military training or something, uh, some type of vigilante background because of his relationship with Carruthers uh, that was played by Bill Duke. Uh, something something was up with that. Uh, they were speaking in code, and it's like you might think, all right, you know, there's two people in the room, they're speaking in code, but they're speaking in code as if we're the other people. You know what I mean? Like you got two people that's doing something that have a past, and they don't want it to get out. So like they're kind of speaking in code if we're in the room, and that's how they kind of you. That's how they kind of did us. We, they they let us know that we weren't the audience, was not a part of, a part of this conversation. Like you understand what they're saying. They weren't like, you know, QB, you know, seven six. Like they playing Scrabble or something or a battleship. I don't know. But you know, it was more or less like you know, like they were the way they were talking. They didn't want to give too much information because we, the audience, you know weren't supposed to know that background of that past so i did uh i did get that um uh, also nicholas cage he did he did quite well you know like he you know of course he did his thing he gets like a bad rap for the movies that he plays well i mean but you know they're, they're horribly written and he's just probably just you know going over the top with it but um but this one he did pretty good like he was pretty level um level character uh, he did have a dramatic scene at one point, um, and I, I felt it, it was pretty good. It was like okay, and it felt it felt it felt real. It felt kind of real, you know, uh, what he was going through. Like you can kind of feel his pain. Um, also, uh, we have Mandy. Um, she's is actually his girlfriend, his love interest. Uh, she's an artist uh, that paints pictures of women next to spirit animals. Um, she may be a Satanist because of the pentagram on her shirt. Like, it fits, like, the face of a Baphomet, you know. Um, plus, like, the book she was reading, you know, it was like, I think it was on some either Wiccan. I don't know. It was like a weird book. I, I can't remember the name of it right now. But, um, but yeah, like, it, it's like, I was kind of thinking, like, wow, it's amazing. Like, especially if you grew up in a, you know, I didn't grow up in a super religious background or household, but, you know, it was religious nonetheless where I had to go to church. And, but, you know, especially you're around your grandparents and they watch these shows where they're talking about decoding. This is before the Illuminati could decoding, but where they were trying to decode uh, Satan, uh, things that Satan are saying, that Satan is giving messages, you know, and they'll play the records backwards and that's Satan talking to you and you know stuff like that and and i kind of noticed even back then even with horror movies they didn't really touch up on that like the known horror movies they didn't really touch up on satanic worship i mean you had the exorcist that was you know the closest but it wasn't nothing crazy like you didn't see the face of baphomet you know not that i know of i don't know maybe i i i saw you know that movie when i was younger so we're well, not too young you know but um yeah, maybe maybe they did a pentagram or something like that. So, like with her, like you know, she has the pentagram on her shirt, and it was like, well, I should, you know, I'm like, well, why do I even know this stuff? But it was like the goat, like the star kind of shaped the goat, where you have the two horns sticking up, you know, that represents the two points, and then you have the ears of the goat that kind of flap downward, and that's like another two points of the star, and then you have the chin of the goat, and that's like the bottom point of the star, and like i feel like dang that's crazy like we've you know like like now it's like things are kind of in your face like to be honest like dr strange like i didn't read dr strange as a kid you know at first i was wondering why you know other because i thought maybe it was just too weird but i think because you know i don't think my 
folks or maybe i don't know maybe i just wasn't comfortable like i felt like that was a form of devil worship but now they got a, a big movie you know with dr strange doing all kind of stuff but you know you know to each his own i mean we're here now so you know it is what it is but i'm just i'm just kind of like you know kind of just amazed you know where we you know i would i would have had a heart attack if you know, coming from that point, and I see what's going on now, like, really, y'all going to see a Doctor Strange movie, like, how <laughs> devil worshippers, <laughs> nah, but, um, but yeah, nah, I'm just kind of amazed, mainly, you know, how, you know, how that, you know, is coming about, or whatever, um, but to give more, you know, to her character, uh, she's quiet, uh, but she's experienced trauma in her life, uh, that she does share with her boyfriend, um, but when she's under pressure, she doesn't fold. Like, she might be quiet, but she's one of those thinkers. Like, she's always in her head. Like, you don't know what she's thinking, really. Um, but she stands her ground no matter the circumstances. Uh, especially when, you know, backed against the wall. Um, she has she has a weird scar under her eye. If it means something, it's, you know... It, it means something, I feel, if it's not the actress's scar. You know, like, or the actress scar. Um, like if they put the scar there, I think it means something because I was trying to picture the symbol, like what symbol is this? But if that's her scar, then never mind. But um, but yeah, Mandy, she's she's very weird, man. She's weird as hell. Like she seems cool to talk to about astronomy. You know, it's interesting that I really like my favorite planet out of the solar system is Jupiter because it's like a massive planet and it has like I think they said it has hurricanes the size of uh five earths or something crazy like that so i always thought like yeah you know that's interesting and that was interesting that they brought that up because when they said that you know it was very relatable for me because that's something i never told anybody you know i told people i like jupiter but i don't ever i never like told them like the fact that i actually thought like if there was the last thing i wanted to see before i died like i knew i was going to die and it was a and I get one wish, and I get to see one last thing, and I never thought about it now, but back in the day, like, it was Jupiter, like, I want to see Jupiter, I want to experience Jupiter, I, you know, if I were to perish, I would rather perish inside of Jupiter, you know, which would be crazy, but, <laughs> but yeah, but I always said that, and I, and I, I always thought that, but I never really shared that with anybody except you guys, so you're lucky, so anyway, um, but yeah, but that was interesting. And she said the same exact thing. Like, her, that's her favorite planet because of um, the storms that Jupiter has, the massive storms that Jupiter has. And another thing about her, too, she's... I don't know how to put this. It's like, she's weird. Like, it was supposed to be, a, I guess, a sexy scene of her coming out of the water, but she just looks like a cycle to me. Like, she just looks like she's going to kill you. You know what I mean? Like, she's, like, trying to give everybody else the best sexy look. But it's just, like, a non-expression look, you know? And it, it's not really, you know, I don't know. It, it, it was just strange. It, I mean, the whole movie is strange. Like, the whole feeling, the whole ambiance is, like, off-key. That's what it feels like. Um, but this brings us to the antagonist of the story, The Children of the Dawn. That's another title that kind of flashed up on the screen, the children of the dawn, um, the leader of this cult, uh, his name is Jeremiah Sand. He embodies the toxic and weak male ego. He's so vain that he wrote a song and made an album talking about himself. Uh, he thinks he's God's chosen one. And, um, 
he's uh, followed by around by his minions. Uh, one one guy is called Brother Swan. Uh, he's his right hand man, and he carries out his mission no matter what. You know what I mean? Like he was even like Brother Swan was even put in a scary situation where he had to face this demon group. Now that's oh, this is a totally different. <laughs> We're going somewhere else. I hope I don't lose you guys. All right, so it's these characters. They kind of remind you of Cenobites. If you ever seen Hellraiser, or if you ever seen Hobo with a Shotgun, which I'm probably nobody has, but it was dope. It was, it's it. It's over the top movie, but it's these characters. that's kind of like almost demon like. You know what I mean? But um, maybe one person has seen Hobo with a Shotgun. But anyway, um, but yeah, they has they have these characters on there and. I'm going to call these characters the Four Horsemen. You know what I mean? I don't know if it was four of them. It might have been three. I'm just calling them the Horsemen because I can't remember if it was three or four. I want to say it was four, but I think it was three. So I'm going to call them the Horsemen. It's these guys that are the Horsemen. And Brother Swan was put in a situation to where he was afraid. Like, like he had to... Uh, well, I don't want to get too far into that. But yeah, forget it. He had to play a flute. He had to play the Mario Brothers 3 flute. That's what I call it. He had to play this flute to summon them and when they came he was so scared that he had tears in his eyes and they wanted to smell the fear on him so they wiped his face they wiped the sweat off his face and smelt the sweat just to smell his fear and he was afraid he was afraid and i I felt like that was great acting because like you've kind of felt that part like wow but then when they tried to you know like because basically you summon them but you want a mission provided or done and but you have to pay them. You have to pay them with uh, acid, and it's like a, a very potent acid. And so the thing was, they tried to like, yo, you know, like give us, give us more type of thing. And he was like, nah, because it was for, it was for um, Jeremiah Sand. You know, like that's his right hand man. He he ate that fear, and he was like, nah, you need to do this for me first before you get more. You know what I mean? So I thought that was dope. That he, even though he was so afraid, but he's so the right hand man to Jeremiah saying like he ate that fear I thought that was real dope um very loyal to uh 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 Jeremiah which is weird because like they're the big bad and they're crazy right and I'm like like kind of you know the second time watching this and I felt weird like kind of relating to them like oh okay like that makes sense that was dope you know anyway uh you have another character by the name of Mother Marlene um she's basically Jeremiah's bed wench uh, she gives him sex, and it just annoys the hell out of him. But so, you know, the first time, like I said, I saw it, I kind of felt like, man, Jeremiah is crazy. You know, this is a crazy bunch. It kind of almost felt bad for her. But then watching it the second time, it was like, yeah, she is sickening. Like he was, <laughs> you got to see it. Yeah, he was, he was, he was spazzing on her. Like, like she's annoying. She's very annoying. And I saw it the second time. But uh, her character, she gets, uh, she later gets jealous of Mandy because. As I mentioned before, Mandy does get kidnapped. And so, um, so that's the thing. So she is jealous because Jeremiah really wants Mandy. Like he knows, she sees that, like she looks for permission or acceptance from Jeremiah. And then she knows this, you know, she knows when he has eyes for another woman and it just drives her up the wall. Um, and, um, Oh, and, and another thing too, uh, I mentioned there were others, the Hellraiser, Cenobite, Micah group, um, they were the extra muscle, but, or the horsemen, yeah, I said I'm going to call them the horsemen, so they had, they were extra muscle, but I didn't know why they needed them, that was very weird for this movie, like you're kidnapping one girl, 
and you 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 hire the Cenobites. Like you have a whole crew yourself. And don't get me wrong, it's not just Jeremiah, Brother Swan, and Mother Marlene. You know, it's like maybe like three or four other people that's with them. And they hire the horsemen, you know, to help out. You know what I mean? In the in that situation. So I thought that was a little weird. Um, but then also too with Jeremiah saying he got so bitch. I you know excuse me. Uh he used the line from the crackhead cheeseburger guy on Minister Society. And you can imagine what that line is if for those who've seen Minister Society and the guy said, you know, about the cheeseburger, like, you know, that's how lame Jeremiah is, for real. Like, you know, I mean he was lame in the beginning. He's kidnapping people, but you know, but that's that's the thing with him fighting his his weak male ego. You know the things he would say. You know what I mean? Like him trying to find confidence within himself. Um, they really made these characters realistic. You know, I felt or or tried or tried to make them realistic. But the energy of the film, the film was weird as hell. Um, it had a, it had pretty decent gore uh the action scenes or ju- uh, just the scenes uh a lot of the scenes also a lot of the scenes but some of the scenes paid homage to uh, like texas chainsaw massacre and you know made pop references to marvel um it was very uh like down to like down to earth like it tried to make the, ca- the characters feel comfortable like you know these characters um the film reminded me of the void um that was interesting that very was like a very much was like a Hellraiser uh, uh, movie. Um, Hellraiser, this you know, this reminded me. This film reminded me of Hellraiser, as I mentioned before, with the Cenobites. Um, Only God forgives with Ryan Gosling, uh, like the the colors, the color schemes, because uh, Only God forgives had a lot of color uh, color schemes. Um, Hobo with the shotgun, as I mentioned earlier, with the the man demons or whatever that was kind of related to the forest. I, mean, I think they were the forestmen on, on Hobo with a shotgun, to be honest. And, uh, you know, and plus it had almost like a Rob Zombie slow burn, but not as boring. Like their slow burn was like, you know, like the slow burn of somebody uh, being tied up and they're getting hot wax poured on them. You know, I didn't enjoy that slow burn. Like it was like that. Like, you know, Rob Zombie slow, slow burn is almost torturous, you know, almost torturous. So, yeah. So, you you know, you had that. um also, like I mentioned, had plenty of gore and a lot of shock value scenes, a lot of shocks, shocking scenes in there that was kind of uncomfortable. Um, the style, I, I'm going to name it a style. I'm going to call it acid horror. Like, you know, like possibly beyond the rainbow and also Altered State will be considered like acid horror movies. I'm going to check those out as well. But just going by the trailer, like it seemed like it had a lot to do with acid. You know what I mean? Like, and, um, so the things that were just in this movie, I mean, you had the Mario Brothers flute, three flute, uh, you had the Soul Calibur blade, you had the Dick uh, Scythe from Seven, the movie, remember Seven? Uh, yeah, remember the guy with the, had the, the process hoop? Yeah. Um, you had the Cheddar Goblin. Yeah, some of you are all like, what is this dude talking about? He's just naming random stuff. Oh, no, if you see this movie, you'll know what the hell I'm talking about. And the Cheddar Goblin is so hilarious. 
Like I actually thought that was a real, a real thing. Like I'm like going back when I'm like it almost was nostalgic. It was so weird. Like did I did I see this commercial? Like did they play like a play like a crazy commercial from back in the day and and put it on uh this this movie? But I'm like no way. It's no way this is a real commercial. But that Cheddar Goblin man is crazy. <laughs> the Cheddar Goblin is crazy. Um, but yeah, um, you had uh, also. Um, the ending, I felt the ending did feel rushed. Um, especially when you got to the resolution part, it, it, um, I don't know. It, I felt like the big bad should have been the final boss. And, uh, you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, the characters, they seem like possible as I, as I mentioned before, they seem, you know, almost realistic. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did, uh, I guess I did enjoy this crazy ass film. Um, I feel bad saying that. I mean, because it was like uncomfortable. It was, un- well, I mean, not super uncomfortable, but it, it was just, it was just weird. It was a, a very weird film. I give it a seven. I wanted to give it like, it's like, for some reason, I was like either a seven or eight, but I, I, I'm not definitely not going to give it an eight. Um, for some reason, I couldn't give it a seven and a half. I didn't feel like that was in the cards for that, but, um, I, I give it a, I give it a seven. I give it a seven. It was very interesting. I was intrigued. Um, they did rush the ending. I did feel like the big bad, you know, should have been the big bad in the film, you know, cause they actually, you know, amped them up to be the big bad. They were summoned. So, you know, uh, but yeah, yeah. And also again, you know, pass us around. Give it to your friends. Let your, let the friends check out the podcast. And uh, also uh, make me last by giving listener support for the podcast. All right. All right, everyone. That was my review on Mandy. And uh, y'all hold it down. All right. All right. One.